Glory to God, let's pray. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for tonight, Lord. Thank you for this amazing house, Light City, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We are a beacon on a hill, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you choose to abide, to rest in this place, Lord. We thank you for all the prophetic word that's been declared over this house, a house of transformation, house of healing, glory to God. We thank you, Lord, that you've equipped us, Lord God. You've empowered us to walk in this, Lord, and we thank you for the victory, Lord. And Jesus, we just thank you that you, you paved a way for us to walk in freedom. And tonight, Lord God, we know that you desire to impart to us an essential key part of that, Lord. And God, we thank you that you speak our language, Lord. You know what we need. You know each one of us. You know the inner workings of our heart, of our hearts, Lord God. You understand us. You get us, Lord. And Father, we just thank you that you speak a language that's directed specifically to us tonight, Lord, to each one. We open our hearts. We open our hearts to receive your presence, Lord God, to receive your word, to receive your truth, to receive healing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Glory to God. I always love prayer before we start because somehow it always seems to be related to what we're going to be talking about. So you can just listen to opening prayer and then you'll get like the Coles notes on what God's going to do. So if you were paying attention, you already know we're going to talk about healing and transformation tonight. Right? Yeah. And I mean, that, that probably doesn't surprise you. If any of you know me, I'm involved in the um, Rama ministry here in the house and it's been awesome to get to meet some of you and work with you so i'm so excited so i actually have two messages um for tonight one is kind of a pretty message and we're not going to get that message tonight so the pretty message was kind of the three things that you need in order to be happy because remember this is the pursuit of happiness series that we're doing and next wednesday will be the culminating night so we all want to be here for that so um, this fits into this idea of pursuing happiness and being happy and i think it's going to make sense as we go along um, the message that i'm actually going to deliver requires a little bit of vulnerability a little bit of vulnerability on my part to kind of go for it and share this message and Maybe some on your part. There's lots of faces, lots of new people here. I'm noticing a lot of men that are here that I, I don't know. And um, so I'm just inviting you, because of my experience working in, in healing and inner healing and working with men and women, I understand that sometimes men have a little bit of a different experience processing um, their... I'm just going to put it out there. Their pain, or your hurt, or your disappointment, or your disillusionment, or your discouragement. If you've experienced defeat, or disappointment, or anything like, thing like that. So don't worry, there won't be any group sharing tonight. You don't have to worry about that. No one is going to ask you to say anything, okay? So any kind of work that happens tonight in our hearts will be between us and God. Okay, as we just open ourselves up to him and we allow him to just drop a seed. That's what we're looking for Jesus to do tonight. Now, I'm actually going to say more specifically that um, kind of where this message came from was I was listening to a teaching on prosperity, really excellent teaching on prosperity. Side note to that, it was one of those times where I had my notebook out and my pen and my Bible 
and I was you know, determining to be serious about what I was hearing. Because I always find that that makes a big difference, right? When you actually open your Bible as you're listening along and you look up the scriptures and you uh, take some notes on what's being said. Okay, so this came out of that time um, of, of getting serious about what I was hearing. Yeah, so some of you are nodding your heads. You know what I'm talking about, and you're also accepting that. If, if you're a new believer, then that might be just something you want to kind of put a little sticky note on in your mind, right, of something that would help you to progress in your walk with the Lord or in your, your faith walk, whatever it is that you're working on. If you're focusing on healing, then that's something that you want to do. So I was listening to this teaching on prosperity. It was an awesome teaching. And um, a scripture was given, and uh, I'm going to focus on that scripture tonight. That's what we're going to actually be looking at. And I want to point out that after I looked at the verse and looked at the scriptures um, related to it and looked at the words just by using my dictionary, God took me on a little um, encounter with him that I believe he wants to share with you tonight, the encounter with the Lord that has to do with our mental and emotional health and well-being. It's a really popular term right now, mental health, right? And, you know, if we're not healthy, it's hard to be happy. It's not impossible, but it's easier, right? When we have really strong mental and emotional health and even physical health, it's easier to be happy. So it fits in this idea of the pursuit of happiness, right? And um, hopefully it'll make sense as we go along. Okay, so I want to start with the scripture and then we're just going to jump in. Is everybody good? Yeah, anybody want to leave? <laughs> no, you're all, you're all in. Yes, yes. I'll try not to call out any of your names as I'm looking at you. Just feeling so desirous to do that, but it's, <laughs> it's all good. All right, so, all right. Oh, I almost forgot on a serious note. Well, maybe this isn't the time to do that. Oh, I'm going to come back to that. We just... It's all good. Um, Holy Spirit, remind me. All right, here's the verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6. And it says, Yet for us there is only one God, the Father. There is only one God, the Father, who is the source of all things. There is only one God, the Father, who is the source of all things. So I'm listening in this prosperity message about how God is the source of all things. So if we're believing for prosperity, we need to look to the source because he's the one who has the prosperity we're looking for, right? Um, if we're looking for healing, God is the source. It says of how many things? All things, right? God is the source of all things. All means all, right? The highest possible quantity that you can have of an item is included in the word all, right? He is the source of all things. So, of course, as I'm, you know, listening, you know, Holy Spirit starts to highlight certain words. And I'm sure this has happened to all of you as you're reading the scriptures, or maybe if you're just starting out reading the scriptures, you've maybe had that experience where you're reading along and you feel like, wow, it's almost as though the words are jumping off the page at you, or you're understanding something you didn't understand before, you know, or there's, um, there's some heat on a word, you know, that makes you want to cry as you're hearing it, right? So as I'm listening to the Lord, you know, in this scripture, and the word source and the word all really just sort of jumps off the page for me, right? So the word source 
Not, you know, most of you probably know, it means someone who is the originator, right? So, meaning that all things originate in God the Father. Interestingly, when he talks about all the things that originate in him, he uses the term Father, right? Our Father is the source of all things. Whatever it is that we need in our pursuit, God is the source of those things. Source also means first cause, meaning there ain't nobody before him, right? He is the one that originates whatever it is that we are looking for in the all. He's the one. Nobody invented prosperity or health or healing or uh, peace or joy or any of that stuff before God. It all comes from him. He's the producer, he's the originator, he's the creator, he's the first cause of all things. Okay, so that's awesome, you know, to just know that, you know, God is my father and he's the source of all things. He owns, a, you know, the cattle, how's it go? The cattle on a thousand hills. Wow, he's, he's a rich God and he is the source of all things. Now, this is then where I'm, I'm thinking as I'm, as I'm reading this scripture, you know, and God kind of has you start to mull over things. The Bible talks about meditating on the word, like when you turn it over like a cow would turn over its food, you know, just over and over and over again. And you start thinking about this thing. Hmm, God is the originator of all things. So what do I know about God? Well, it tells us in 1 John 4 that God is love. He doesn't just have love, but that God is love. And we know that God is good, right? God is love. He is good. Therefore, as the originator of all things, the things that originate from God are good, right? The things that originate from God are good. That's what he has for us is good. Good, 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 good. God is good and he has good for us. Now, he is also the originator of life, right? If it weren't for God, we would just be a paper mannequin, you know, or a stuffed nothing, right? I mean, if it weren't for God, he's, he is the source of life. When your parents conceived you, it was God who actually gave you life. Your spirit man actually comes from God. You come from God. There's so much more to us than we understand. And we're beginning to kind of get windows into heaven to see and understand what's going on. But yes, you are a body. And you know, yes, you have a soul, right? You have that thinking part of you that uh, feels and thinks and makes decisions and decides to do things, right? And you have a spirit man. You have a spirit man. You are, as you may, may not know, some of you, that you are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. And they all work together, or that's the plan, that they would all work together. So your spirit man originates in God. He is the one that gives life. He's the one that gives life. So it got, it got me thinking, you know, because I'm always thinking about Rhema and getting breakthrough in um, the Rhema process, and, and really, to be honest, even my own breakthrough, right, as I'm going through things and dealing with stuff, and I'm trying to understand and kind of peel back a layer of an onion, right, and get to the next level of understanding, and the next level of freedom, 
really, right? To get to the next level of freedom. So I'm, I'm thinking about this. Lord, you are the source of all things and you're good. And we originate from you, God. We come from you. So what does that say about us? If we come from God and God is good, then we are, we are good. We are good. We are good. Selah. <laughs> right? So I'll tell you the serious part about this that I was going to start with, and I'll just say it now. I actually felt when I was deciding on these two messages, I, the pretty message is so fun to give, and, you know, it's kind of, you know, like a cheerleader kind of message. Right? Um, and this message, I really feel like, and I'm not sure if it's anyone in this room, but I, I honestly feel like this message is for someone, or maybe more than one person, but for someone who's thinking about quitting, uh, who's just thinking about quitting, just backing up from life, retreating into a solitary place, just wanting to kind of quit and step back for lots of good reasons, possibly, right? Maybe lots of disappointment, hurt, discouragement, all kinds of things happen in life, right? I mean, one of the things about being happy that's required for happiness is that we're resilient, that we can actually just bounce back, no matter what we're, no matter what's thrown our way, right? No matter if there's, you know, a hurt or a tragedy or an offense or whatever, that we're going to bounce back. That's an important part of being happy is being resilient. So I feel like this is maybe for someone who's feeling like they've kind of bounced back one too many times and just feels like they don't have any balance left in them. You know, or uh, even more specifically, that there might be someone maybe even just watching on the internet that's actually considering taking their life. That maybe it just feels like, you know, it's not worth continuing, that their life is not worth continuing. And uh, I just wanna say to you that the Lord wants to uh, intercept your plan and he wants you to know that you're worth it. You are worth it, you're worth it, you're worth it. So don't do it. Don't quit. So hopefully as we kind of go through this, and it's a short message that we're going to get, we're going to get from the Holy Spirit what we need to get from him tonight. Okay? So God says that you're good. Now I know from personal experience what it's like to feel like you're no good. I know that, right? That's been part of my own story that I've walked out is feeling like I'm not good enough, you know, and, not, you know, I don't have what it takes, like all that jazz, right? So I've been doing Rhema for 10 years now. So the awesome thing that first happened in the first year of Rhema is to find out that almost everybody feels the same way, <laughs> you know? And so it's easy for me to be vulnerable because I know that everybody deals with the same stuff, right? And so I just continue to see these patterns repeating themselves, and I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm normal, right? I'm normal. I, I mean, I was ready to say that there's something wrong with me, like at the DNA level, you know, at some cellular level, there's something that's just not right. So I've learned enough to know that if I'm thinking something that's contrary to what God says, then I probably am on the wrong page or I've, I've got it wrong, right? I've got it wrong. So I may think that I'm not good, right, or not good enough, or I don't have what it takes, or blah, 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 okay, 
But ultimately, all that matters is what God says about you and what he says about us as a body, right? As individuals, what God says is that we're good. And I remember one time saying to the Lord, I need to know that I'm good, Lord. Because, I mean, you know, I can ask my husband and I, ask, I can ask my, my kids, I can ask my pastors, you know, and they're going to tell me, oh, you're good. You know, this is one of the things Pastor Ian would say in training for Rhema is don't try and encourage people and tell them they're good because nobody going to believe it, right? Even if Jesus tries to tell you, if you're going to be stubborn and hang on to your lie that says you're not good, if you're going to be stubborn and hang on to a belief system that's contrary to the truth, Jesus is going to have a hard time getting that loose from you unless you decide. I remember one time having a rhema, actually, and in my mind, I, you know, Jesus was trying to speak to me, uh, and I could see him because I'm trying to absorb this truth that he's trying to tell me about my value, and I was having a hard time <laughs> receiving it, right? So then I get a picture flash in my mind, and it's like a vortex, okay? And the Lord is trying to get this lie to kind of get flushed down this vortex, it's stuck on the side, and I have a picture of Jesus with a shovel, okay, trying to loosen this lie from this vortex so that it could just go and be gone and leave me alone. And when I saw that, I mean, I laughed out loud and repented, right? Sorry, Jesus, making your life difficult, you know, and, and then I was able to absorb the truth, right? Okay. You know, yay, okay, God, whatever you say is good. Now, I have had to stay with that truth in order to walk in the wholeness of it because that's what it means when the scripture says that you have to abide in the vine. And if you don't abide with Jesus, what's going to happen? Scripture says you're going to just shrivel up and die. Is God a meanie? No. It's the way the system works, right? The, the gas that makes us go is the presence of God in our life, the word of God in our life. It's him. He is the source of all life. If we cut ourselves off from life, then we will, we will shrivel and die. So there was, that, was, that was a little bit of vulnerability on my part. Now I'm trying to remember where I was. Um, yay, Jesus. I'm looking to the all-knowing Pastor Ian. <laughs> Tell me where I was. Glory to God. Resilient. Yes, Pastor Tina. Okay, so, oh, yes. All right, so I remember saying to the Lord, I need to know, Lord, in the scripture that I'm good. Because I know I'm having my time with you. I'm having this encounter with you, Lord, and I'm feeling all those warm feelings. But I need to see it in your word in order for it to really feel like I can legitimately take this because it, it, it would almost be like I say to God like God I know you love everybody but do you love me like I, I get that you love everybody for God so loved the world that he sent his only son okay so you love the world God now this is me wrestling with the truth about me I'm wrestling with God about whether or not it's true that I'm as good as he says that I am because some days I don't feel like it. So I stumbled upon Genesis 1.31. And that's where God created everything. And he looked at it and he said, it's very good. Very good. Yeah. 
It's very good. You're going to get a handout tonight with that scripture on there. But some of the translations actually say very good. God looked at what he had created and he said it was very good. Very good. Very good. Not just good, but God said it was very good. You know how God says verily, verily, I tell you? You know how he likes to put like a little accentuation, punctuation, on things that really matter, that he really wants us to get, like when he says, this is my flesh and blood, verily, verily, I tell you. This is one of those verily times when God looked at what he created and he called it very good. Okay, so now, what's our part in that? What's our part in that? We, we have to kind of hear that and receive that. And take that in as, as something that belongs to us. So the, a side note, this is why it's so important to read and, and you know, get your notebook out, get your dictionary out, you know, and look up the things that God is saying because he wants to take you on a journey. He wants to take you on an encounter with him where he's going to start connecting the dots or restoring those things that are broken, filling in the empty spaces, God knows exactly what we need. And I'm sure if I ask for a show of hands, many of you could say that you've had that kind of encounter with him. Okay, so this is the part that kind of gets, um, you know, kind of, just kind of go with me on this one, okay? <laughs> so I'm not a philosopher. I'm not going to pretend to be a philosopher or a theologian or anything like that, okay? But So this is just from God, as I understand it, okay? So, so God says we're good, right? He backs it up with his word, right? We are very good. You're good. You're good. So if you have any other thoughts, one of you is lying, either you or God, okay? God never lies, he only says the truth, and he means what he says, and he backs up with what he backs up what he says. All right, so I'm I'm thinking about this, and um, how you know how God everything originates in God. He's the source of everything, and it occurs to me that for something to be called good, it implies that there's some value to that, right? Good has value attached to it. You know, if I say that this is a good glass of water, what, what am I saying? Huh? Pastor Ian? It has value, right? Nobody spit in this glass of water, right? It's a good glass of water. There's no flies floating in the top of it. I can drink this water. It's good. It's good. So God says we're good. So he's saying that we have value, right? Then I thought, so what's the opposite of good. What's the opposite of good? It's not nothing. Right? The opposite of good is not nothing. The opposite of good is something missing. Right? If someone spit in my glass of water, there'd be something missing from my glass of water. I can't say it's good anymore. But God says, we're good. And when we say that we're not good, when we say that our life doesn't matter, when we say that our dreams are insignificant or it's too late or we just quit on our dreams, we have a problem because God said it's good and we're acting as though it doesn't matter. 
as if the opposite of us is nothing. But that, that's not true. When, when we don't have peace, do we have nothing? No, we have like anxiety, we have chaos, we have something. It's not good, right? The opposite of that is something not good. So the opposite of your existence, if you didn't exist anymore, <coughs> it's not nothing, it's something. Your life, the portion that you are bringing to the table is something valuable. Something very, 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 very valuable. You might not know what it is, especially if you're comparing your good to somebody else's good, then we're gonna have a big problem because we can't do that. It's like comparing apples and oranges. You know, we're, we're, we're human, yes, but that's about all we have in common. We are so individually, fearfully and wonderfully and uniquely made. So to believe that if you didn't exist, it wouldn't matter is a lie from hell. That is not from God. He said that you're very good. So if very good's not here, we got a problem. We don't have nothing, we have a problem. So this is a serious thing. This is a very serious thing. If we're thinking that, you know, who cares? You know, if you're thinking that someone could take your place, like someone else could take your place or someone could do your job, that it doesn't matter whether you do your job or not do your job, you're, you're not believing the truth. You're not believing what God says about you. It's just as simple as that. Really, that's it. It's just as simple as that. So if you're thinking about quitting, we really would encourage you not to do that. And it's easy to quit. The hard thing is to stay put, right? The hard thing is to continue, to persevere, to keep believing, to keep pressing, right? To keep moving forward, to keep moving towards the goal, to move towards that prize, to the end, whatever it is that you have before you. That's the hard thing. Maybe your kids are misbehaving and you feel like you're a lousy parent and you just wanna just quit on the whole thing and whatever, who cares? That's the easy thing. The consequence of it, consequence of that decision are dire, right? The hard thing is to continue, right? That's the hard thing. And the consequence of continuing is that we will reap if we don't quit. We will reap our portion is so good that if we will just continue in our portion, whatever it is, and it is good, if we continue in that, we are going to have an impact on the lives all around us, all around us. So, so what do we need to do when we're feeling like we wanna just forfeit our dreams, you know, or we wanna just quit? There's only one answer to this thing. If we wanna be happy, you know, in the, in the future, it, it's basically that we have to stay close to God. That's it. We have to stay close to God and we have to stay close to a fellowship of believers who are staying close to God. Because why do people go to a gym? Because they wanna be around a fellowship of people who are trying to get fit because they some days don't feel like getting fit, but they're gonna be encouraged by those believers who wanna get fit 
Or why do people go to Weight Watchers, right? Why not just do it at home on your own? Because there's the community of people that are working towards the same end and it makes it easier to continue. It makes it easier to believe that the portion that you have to give is actually worth something. God says it's good. You may feel like it doesn't. I can tell you it's good. Unless you say it's good, nothing changes. God gives us that much authority over our lives that he, he permits us to be the prophet of our own lives. Even though he says something, he allows us to either agree with him or not. So stay close to God. And then I'm just going to do a little plug for um, the upcoming Encounter Weekend. There's an Encounter Weekend, the first week in October, which is an, a chance to kind of come close to God and really start dealing with some of these things or continue to deal with them, right? Talking about peeling back the layers of an onion. Or you know what? Just speak to a leader, come and book a rhema or meditation appointment, right? So that we can just kind of keep moving and chipping away at this. So I am right on zero, right on, right on time. It's a miracle. Glory to God. Yes, so on the way out, you're going to receive um, this lovely little card, little piece of paper, and it has some uh, statements concerning you that if you um, aren't familiar with this, you might want to look up these scriptures to kind of prove to yourself what we're saying here. And this is something that you can just even kind of put on your bathroom mirror, you know, or in your car somewhere, or uh, in your Bible, or take a picture of it and put it on your phone, whatever means there are to actually um, remind yourself to look at this and to declare this over yourself. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that your life was impacted by this service and you are able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about him, but been far from him. We wanna give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross so that you could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. If you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my Savior and my Lord. Help me believe in you and love you every day. And help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you have just made to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey. And most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we would love to send you with some easy steps on where to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, 
Our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you real soon.